MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Nightcap coming to you from the VSIN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We have overtime hockey in game one of the Stanley Cup final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. We were talking about in the last segment, Wes, play a little Bucci overtime challenge here on the nightcap here. We will both pick one player from each team to score the overtime winning goal. I will let you go first. Yeah, and usually, I mean, I like to go. When I used to play this on on Twitter with John Bouchagrass of ESPN, I always wanted to get like kind of maybe some dark horses that nobody would really pick because I wanted to win that hockey stick, damn it. I wanted to win that Bauer <laughs> hockey stick or, you know, the merch or the swag that Bucci would give out. So it's like, well, I'm not going to pick the obvious guy. I'm not going to pick like Patrick Kane or yeah. like obvious guys. But uh, I-, I didn't go too far down the board, but I believe uh, Andres Palat, who already is on the tally sheet tonight, I'm going to go with him as my Tampa Bay Lightning pick. And by the way, I believe at DraftKings, currently 12 to 1. And then uh, Gabriel Landeskog, same price for the Colorado Avalanche, also going to go with him at 12 to 1. Both of these guys on the board already. Landeskog scored the first goal of the game at the 747 mark. And then uh, Palat got the first goal of the second period at the 1251 mark. So Andres Palat and Gabriel Landeskog, a pair of 12 to 1 shots for me. All right. So you take Landis. I was eyeing Landeskog there, but you snatched Landeskog. I'm going to go. For the Lightning, I'm going with Stamkos. Mm-hmm. I think the narrative is there. That, for that, that's never that's never a bad bet. And, and he he is the face of this. I mean, Vasilevsky is now the face of it, but Stamkos has been there for, for for a while, and he really exemplifies what this Tampa Bay Lightning team are all about. So, who better to send this thing with a 1-0 victory than Steve Stamkos for the Tampa Bay Lightning? And for the Colorado Avalanche, I'm gonna go with Kale McCarr there at 15 to one. So, Stamkos and McCarr are my two guys here. For the nightcap challenge is what we're going to call it. We're going to take the copyright from uh, John Butchergrass over there at ESPN. Call it the nightcap challenge. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all about borrowing gimmicks. Look, there's exactly. some of the greatest songs ever recorded were cover songs, okay? Mm-hmm. So we are or, doing or a they cover. Sample. Yep. They, Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of people use samples in music. Doesn't mean that the song is not great as we try to make sweet music here in our number two. Um, this overtime here as we're sitting in intermission – it's it's interesting because clearly the, the home ice advantage with the Colorado Avalanche, you would expect that 
Colorado, the better team at home to take care of business. But like we've mentioned, Tampa Bay has been in this situation more often than Colorado. They are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. How much do you think experience plays a factor into this now that we're here in this extra t- period here for game number one? Yeah, I think it's got to play a huge factor because, look, this is now this is now taller cotton, so to speak, for Colorado to walk through because, look, they're very they're they're obviously very talented. I think they're the best team, and and these were the two teams, by the way, that were the favorites to yep. reach the Stanley Cup Finals. I forget. I think one was six to one, one was seven to one. Pretty much flip flop them, so they were pretty much dead even in the preseason on the futures market. But Tampa Bay, look, been there, done that. When you've won two Stanley Cup championships in a row, Colorado, they this is kind of like it feels like this is their year. It feels like this is their time. They, they haven't been in this situation a lot, at least in the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, we look at the overtime records here in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Colorado 3-1, and one, Tampa Bay only going to OT one time, did get the win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, you know, we're in for a fun overtime, and I think we're in for a fun series, too. Yeah. I think, you know, it is very rare that you get the two best teams in any time of final, whether it's the Super Bowl or whether it's the NBA Finals or whether it's college basketball, college football, we have the two best hockey teams, in my opinion, here in the final. So this is going to be fun. It'll be a lot more fun if uh, Gold Bolts gets on the board first. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bolts right now are plus 120 over at DraftKings on the money line. The Avalanche, they're getting bet here to start this overtime period. Now minus 150. So the market just continues to love this Avalanche team. They loved the Avalanche last year. I was a part of that crew last year that had a ticket on the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup final. I believe I got around 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. They flame out against the Vegas Golden Knights here. But the market loves this team. They've loved them all season long, like you mentioned. But Tampa Bay, they have the pedigree. They have the two cup championships under their belts here. Mm-hmm. Really fascinating to see how this plays out. But plus 120, we're starting to get into the range, Wes, where I might want yeah. to take another dip. You want to have a I little might, sweat for the I show? The thing, The know. sacrifices you make for the people. <laughs> I can't say that I'm there yet. I'm not. I'm not there quite yet. But it's starting to get intriguing. If you, if you give me a plus one thirty, if I can find one, right. I'm going to shop around and see if I can find one here because plus one thirty to me, that's that's where I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I, I got to look at Tampa Bay here. It's yeah, yeah. Right now, the total obviously is off the board there as we're about to start the overtime period here between. The lightning and yeah, yeah. Put the, the over six and a half at minus yeah. five thousand. <laughs> yeah, every for my for my entire bank account, please. Yes. I'll take the over six. Un- and a half. Unload your apps right now. <laughs> I'm gonna see what the line here is at Circo. I believe it. They just took it off the board because we're about to get underway here. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was seeing one fifteen, one thirty five. Yeah. So split seems to be the the fair price right now. For this game. While we have a little bit of a time, though, let's take a look at some of the scores in Major League Baseball, starting with the American League. Get folks updated on what's been going on on the diamond. The Houston Astros earlier this morning defeated the Texas Rangers 9-2. to Houston was a minus-165 favorite in that game, and it was the over cashes, mm-hmm. with 9 being the total right there. Seattle Mariners, they get shut out at home against the Minnesota Twins. Five nothing. Marco Gonzalez was on the mound for the M's. Uh, didn't pitch too bad, but the Mariners just no run support. You know, I thought Seattle maybe about a week ago when they won that series down in Houston. It's like, are they going to turn, turn the, corner? the corner? And then the Red Sox came into town. They did not turn the corner. <laughs> yeah. So now Seattle, all of a sudden, seven games under five hundred. Remember that West was so competitive. The Angels, yeah. of course, had that fourteen game losing streak and maybe going to add to it right now. Trey Turner just goes yard here in the bottom of the third. Four nothing Dodgers. So. 
Oh, the Angels all of a sudden struggling, and Houston Astros may put this one away early. They are up nine and a half games on the Rangers. Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get the home victory over the Baltimore Orioles 7-6. to six. That one goes over the total. The Blue Jays were minus 315 on the money line, so chalk prevails there. The Red Sox just absolutely took it to the Oakland A's 10-1 at Fenway Park. Red Sox were minus 190. You know, we were kind of it's, burying the Red Sox early in yeah, the season because they were, kind, better. they were kind of the team that looked like they were going to be the odd team out. Nobody was really talking about them. The pitching wasn't very good. But all of a sudden, 34-29, and 29, I know that's fourth place. And look, that's 12 and a half games back. So you're not saying, okay, they're right in there. But 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, that team's playing very good baseball. And a little interleague play, the Royals got the better of the San Francisco Giants, 3-2 to two there. That game goes under. The Royals cashing that ticket, plus 175. Over in the National League, though, we had the Miami Marlins. They felt the Philadelphia Phillies 3-1. to one. Phillies were minus 165 there on the money line there. The game goes under the total of 9.5 runs. Cincinnati falls to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The D-backs win that one 7-4, going over the total as the D-backs cash that ticket of minus 145. The Braves, like we mentioned earlier, they extended their win streak to 14 with an 8-2 victory over the Washington Nationals there. The Braves are minus 235. Their prices continue to keep going up mm-hmm. and up and up, and they continue to win games there. As earlier we mentioned, the Milwaukee Brewers, they beat the New York Mets 10-2. Their game goes over with the Brewers cashing minus 135. Then the Pittsburgh Pirates defeated the St. Louis Cardinals 6-4. to That one goes over as well. The Pirates plus 170. The Dogs winning that one. And we have a winner. We have a GWG, a game-winning goal here. It is Sergei Barakovsky for the Colorado Avalanche. None of us win here, but the Colorado Avalanche, they win as we will get a nice little reaction from the sportsbook here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. It was your Colorado Avalanche. As you can tell, we are way ahead of the mm-hmm. sportsbook out there, mm-hmm. about 45 seconds ahead. But I promise you, the reaction will probably be really, really good right now. As you can see, the folks on the edge of their seats about to get the news that the Avalanche have taken game one in the Stanley Cup final. And I there. did see some Avs jerseys, by the way, the, out there. The Denver folks are out here in Vegas, I tell you that. They are out here in Las Vegas. They're here we go. There we, we go. The fist pumps going. We got that gentleman saying, damn it, I just lost my lightning yeah. ticket. <laughs> yeah. He's like, is there anything Is there anything else left to bet on? Can I get some <laughs> yeah. in-game baseball or something? Like, What's the Angels-Dodgers score right now? Like, uh, he was dressed like he was from that Tampa area. He had yeah. that floral shirt there he's going like, on. He's and- like, now I got to get some first-round U.S. Open matchups or something <laughs> yeah. for tomorrow. Not much left to bet on tonight. Everything's <laughs> underway, so... You know, trying to find whatever, hey, is there anything in uh, Asia going on right now right? or something? But <laughs> nevertheless, what's going on in Denver, Sergey Barakovsky with the game-winning goal. Turnover in their own zone for Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, that giveaway, and that's what you worry about. That's what cost him, by the way, Comfort and uh, Nishuskin on the assist there. So the Colorado Avalanche take a 1-0 lead in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, the turnovers, you really don't see that with this Tampa Bay Lightning team. So surprising that's how we end this game. But usually when the game goes long, getting to these overtimes, fatigue starts to set mm-hmm. in. Sometimes guys make those mental errors. And, and, after they, and after they had to kill the remainder of that power play to start here, uh, yeah. just a snipe there on the right edge by Barakovsky. No chance for Andre Vasilevsky oh, as the Avs get on the board. So we're sitting here at 1-0 with the Colorado Avalanche now leading the series, a best-of-seven series. But if you're Tampa Bay, I don't think you should panic. 
Right. Because especially after the way things went in that first period, and we'll talk more about this on the other side, but the, the way that things went after the first period, you got to feel good with how you're able to slow down Colorado there, preventing them from yeah. scoring until we see the game. I think so, too. You, you resisted, you know, the early storm, and that's what kind of surprised me a little bit was that Colorado was so good early. When you have nine days off, that is a big adjustment because all of a sudden, you know, are you... I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Practicing the same time every single day, or you having meetings the same time every single day, and that can throw you off kilter. It certainly didn't for Colorado, but Tampa, I thought, did a nice job coming from a two-goal deficit. Uh, took that late penalty, was able to survive that, but not able to survive much after that. Burakovsky was plus 320 anytime goal scorer there. So congratulations for the folks that took that ticket as well as he wins it for the Colorado Avalanche. Four to three in overtime. They take a 1-0 series lead in the Stanley Cup final. On the other side, we'll talk a little NBA finals props. Game six tomorrow night. Celtics trying to stave off elimination. We'll see where we can take advantage of the props next here on the Nightcap. to learn more. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Put some cash in your pockets with the Wrangler Hoops Draft Challenge. Make your picks on where the future stars will land at DraftKings.com slash Wrangler and compete for your share of $10,000 in prizes. Wrangler for the ride of life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply, but see DraftKings.com for details. 
Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebfe alongside Wes Reynolds. We'll be talking NBA Finals in about 15 minutes with our first guest, Nick Whalen of Rotowire NBA. But let's stay on the ice because we just saw the game come to a conclusion there. The Colorado Avalanche defeating the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 in overtime. And we now have a new series price here at DraftKings, Wes. The price right now for the Colorado Avalanche, minus 320 Lightning plus 260, your first mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah, and uh, now we are, by the way, getting uh, game two prices mm-hmm. here as well, starting to kind of populate here in the market. I believe right behind us here at Circa Sports, I'm seeing a minus 152 plus 139 was the opener, basically in the rest of the market. I think it's minus 150 plus 130 at DraftKings uh, at Caesars, minus 155 plus 135. So you get the idea. Pretty similar to where it closed here for for game number one. So not a lot of adjustment. I do think maybe you'll see a little bit of lightning money come in if if people are going to want to try to do the zigzag and whatnot, even though Colorado did dominate the pace of play in terms of the stats, in terms of the shots on goal, and then got the game winner from Andre Barakovsky, not Sergey. I hate when I confuse my Andres with my Sergeys, Femi. It really, really bothers me. You don't want to do that. <laughs> but it's almost indicating, because I'm looking at the circle lines right now, and the total sitting at six, this one is juiced to the under. We saw some juice on the mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. heading into game one here, so almost indicating a little zigzag yeah. protection yeah Cir- circa right now first of the market minus 115 juice to the under and then i see our friends over at westgate superbook and company i believe they win six minus a dollar 20 and then just as i say that it goes to six minus a dollar 10 so starting yeah. to see those prices basically low to mid 130s on the plus side for tampa bay about a dollar 50 favorite are the colorado avalanche on the series price, we talked about, I said, if Colorado were to win, would you be interested in Tampa Bay maybe coming back here in game two at plus 260? You said that you might wait for after game yeah. two for them to go back to. Yeah, Italy. yeah, I think I'm going to sit this one out because I do want to see how Tampa Bay is going to respond because, you know, I, maybe they allowed Colorado to dictate a little bit too much of the pace. And I know they were able to do that against really good offensive teams against Toronto and against Florida Rangers, not so much a good offensive team, even though they're very good on the power play, but not so much in the five on five. And when a team is kind of down Rangers, I think were one of the worst teams in the playoffs. I believe 15 out of 16 in terms of five on five goal percentage. So that's why Tampa Bay, I think was just willing to say, okay, we'll absorb it. And then we'll try to get you on the rush, the counter attack and whatnot. So can't really do that here with Colorado, though. That yeah. that that's really playing with fire, and they found that out here in overtime tonight. Yeah, and that, and that's part of the process too. And I think if you're holding a lightning ticket to win the series, they were around like plus one fifty five or so um, before this game. I don't think it's panic time. No, um, because like I mentioned, I like how they played in periods yeah. two and three. And also, Colorado did what they were supposed to do. They held serve at home. It's mm-hmm. just one game. You don't want to overreact to one game. The sure. market has to overreact just because, okay, now they have a one-game advantage. And a you, you, well, seven, yeah, you've got to put but, a little bit of the tax yes, in, I yeah. think. But, look, you're you're even seeing, and I'm even seeing some lower prices. I think BetMGM went with a split of minus 150 for Colorado, only plus $1.25 for the Mirage. So some of these shops may be shading mm-hmm. it a little bit toward the Tampa Bay side because I think, look, they some of these guys, they don't want to just give you the number because they know that at least zigzag. a fair amount of bettors are going to come in on the Tampa Bay Lightning thinking, okay, you know, they almost stole that game, at yeah. least on the road, when they were outplayed in terms of the numbers, when Colorado dictated the pace, had the shots on goal advantage, blocked more shots, 
had more takeaways, uh, forcing basically more turnovers. So, you know, you are going to get the zigzag. I think and you get that a little bit more in the Stanley Cup playoffs than the NBA. I think you get that from a betting standpoint. But if you look over the last, you know, decade plus, it's about like 50%. So if you're hitting 50%, laying the 11 to 10, you're losing some money. Not as much necessarily in the NHL, though. Are we in for a long series? I think we are. Uh, my my pick uh, that I did not bet necessarily for the series prize because I was waiting, hoping Tampa Bay could steal it tonight and then come in on Colorado. My pick was Colorado in six, though, because I do think that this is their year and all good runs come to an end. And Tampa Bay has had a hell of a run, yeah. you know, to go through and to come back in the East Finals down two nothing to the New York Rangers, you know, who are a younger team, albeit less experienced, but certainly had younger legs because. One of the things about Tampa Bay, experience matters, but also miles on the engine matters. So you do wonder, it's like you guys have won two Stanley Cups in a row. And I know we've seen longer than that. We've seen teams win six and seven in a row in the history of the NHL. But you do that, and it's like, man, you get some miles on that engine. You get some tired legs. And you kind of saw it at least early on with the Rangers, but the experience won out over the age. And also puck luck, too. You know, it's like like those bounces – it's yeah. hard for them to go your way yeah. three, four, five, and and and, and, and that's what Tampa Bay did. They turned it over yeah. in the neutral zone almost right before they got to the blue line, and then Colorado at the odd man rush, and then the one timer to uh, Burakovsky, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, so it's interesting how this is going to play out. But right now, it is a one zero advantage in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. I'm looking at some of the series correct score prices over at DraftKings. The favorite right now is the Avalanche four one. That mm-hmm. is three to one over at DK. Avalanche in six plus three eighty. Avs in seven plus four fifty. And Avs sweep plus four seventy five. If you think they're going to clean yeah. up this lightning, the, the team four there. two <laughs> might kind of interest me at a little bit less than four to one. And mm-hmm. uh, you know that's what I went with before the series. So that's absolutely what I can see. I don't think Tampa Bay though is going to go away quietly. And and we've learned I think with these NBA finals, which we'll get into in the next segment here. Mm-hmm on the nightcap. And I think, you know, after game three, boy, didn't it look like the Warriors were done. That's what after everyone game was three, me. Everybody was like, man, this just looks bad. And now the Warriors 48 minutes away tomorrow night from going ahead and winning another NBA championship. So you never want to totally overreact, but, uh, but nevertheless, a very good win for the Avs and very impressive off a nine day layoff to come out with that kind of energy. That's always the interesting part because a lot, a lot of people will talk about it. We asked Greg Wyshynski about it last night about the rest versus rust type of thing and how this is going to affect the Avs. And I thought, a lot of people thought, that maybe Colorado starts the first period slow. Oh, were we wrong? Yeah, After yeah I bought into it too. I but absolutely bought it, it, into it's it. It's interesting. Uh, clearly, the, the layoff helped this Avalanche team maybe recoup get rested up mm-hmm. and kind of allow them to play their style of pace here. I mean, they talked about it with the media. Hey, like, they were getting tired of the questions of, well, the layoff, how is this going to affect yeah. you guys? And they came out and looked like they were determined to prove the layoff theories wrong, and that's what they did later or earlier this evening, I should say. But now that they're kind of now on play, evil playing surfaces, we'll see what yeah. happens with uh, game number two. That's going to be Saturday night, so a little bit of yeah. a layoff here before. Yeah, uh, now they're night. going the NBA route. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and, and one of the things that's very rare, Femi, is that the Stanley Cup finals usually end, you know, right around the time the NBA finals are starting. Now it mm-hmm. is almost the exact opposite this year. So NHL getting center stage and the NBA getting done a little bit earlier since yeah. they moved that schedule up uh, where the NBA, you know, starting kind of in late October because it used to be November 1st. 
was the first NBA regular season. That was opening night, but now starting it over. Uh, and I think trying to get because they're trying to get more days in because obviously the load management thing and yeah. all the rest and whatnot. So it's like, okay, let's make it a little bit easier because I think Adam Silver would love to see his stars play, you know, yes. more often than not. And obviously, you know, he has ticket buyers and television partners he has to answer to. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I do think the crazy layoffs we've had in between these NBA Finals games, game three to game four was the only mm -hmm. one where there was one day, but it's been like two mm -hmm. days, three days. It's led to better basketball. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and, and also, you know, I know that you're, like we said earlier, you're football 24-7, mm -hmm. 365. You want to extend this as long as you can. You're like, I'm fine if we go to <laughs> mid-July because we get to July here. And that is the tough time for the sports books. And, and also, you know, for us here on VEASAN, because, look, we love Major League Baseball, but it's like we just don't have as much. Now we have no hockey. Now we have no basketball. Football hasn't started. The World we don't Cup have... was supposed to fill that yeah. void this year, but and, they're and, playing and, it and, in and now, now it's getting buried uh, over there in uh, in Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. Qatar. Welcome back, Qatar. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, I, I do wish the World Cup because I always like when the World Cup. That's why I'm always kind of an Olympics guy. Yeah, and I know I'm the minority here on the network here in Vison, like in the Olympics, but it's like. I like that diversion, something to get me through, something to tide me over until the NFL and until college football. We don't necessarily have that yeah. this summer. Instead, it's going to be just rapid-fire football with American football, the NFL, yes. World Cup. I believe they're going to pick the World Cup host cities, I believe, tomorrow mm -hmm. or Friday. So mm -hmm. that's tomorrow, Aaron? That's what it is? So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. As a Seattle guy, I'm rooting for Seattle to get some really good games. I'm yes. sure they'll get some, but I, Seattle is such a soccer city that they need a quarterfinal game, I think. But we'll see what happens. But uh, that's going to be interesting, though. The World Cup, the stage is set. All 32 teams now. We know who's in the World Cup, and the host cities will be announced tomorrow by the dignitaries over at FIFA, or however you want to describe those people. <laughs> I was going to say, they probably don't get described as dignitaries or dignified or anything of that nature very often. Hey, tell you who is dignified. Our next guest, Nick Whalen of NBA RotorWire, going to join us next here to talk a little NBA Finals on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Nightcap. We're about halfway through here. Coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We talked a lot of hockey in the first 90 minutes of the show. Now let's turn our attention to the NBA Finals and help us do that. We bring in our first guest of the evening. He is of Rotowire NBA. Nick Whalen joining the show to talk a little Warriors Celtics. Nick, we appreciate you joining us here this evening. And I want to start off with Jason Tatum in this series because my whole thing is why hasn't he been able to play at that first team all NBA level that we've grown accustomed to throughout this season? It's a good question, and it's one of the biggest questions of the series because I, I think Jason Tatum has, you know, he's going up against, I, I think, inarguably an easier defense, at least for his style of play, than the one he went up against in Miami in the conference finals and even in round two against the Milwaukee Bucks that have one of the best rim protectors in the league in Giannis, you know, another uh, kind of true center rim protector type in Brooke Lopez. Obviously, Miami uh, is a swarming, difficult defense for any team to play against, and it's been puzzling, you know, because you look at the numbers, and counting stats-wise, Tatum's still doing all right. If you just take the percentages out of it, he's at 
23 points, seven and a half rebounds, seven and assists. That looks pretty solid, but 37% from the field. However, he's at 48% from three. So he's knocking down a lot of those difficult, you know, kind of pull up threes uh, that has kind of become his hallmark shot, but he's just not finishing anything in the mid range and especially not at the rim. And, and it's surprising against this Golden State team. You know, it'd be one thing if Tatum just couldn't find his stroke from three, but to not be finishing against a team that doesn't have a true rim protector, uh, it's, it's frankly been pretty shocking uh, to see Jason Tatum play like this, especially late in games. Yeah, and he was absolutely awful, by the way, leaving points at the foul line, two of six uh, in game number five. Uh, but Nick, when we were ta- you know, talking about this last week leading into uh, game number four where it looked like, okay, maybe the Warriors, maybe this is the end for them. This series almost looks over. And then Steph puts up a 40-piece, 43-10, and 10, and then all of a sudden it's a new series. Do you think we're capable, maybe not quite 43, but are we capable of getting this game out of Jason Tatum right now? Or did the Celtics just have to be totally balanced where you got to have Smart, you got to have Brown, and you got to have maybe some guys that haven't been consistent scorers that are going to step up in this one? You know, it's so hard to say because the Celtics team, we've, we've seen so many versions of them, it feels like, throughout these playoffs. And, you know, a lot of this series and even the last series against Miami – you know, game by game, it feels like everything is swinging dramatically. You know, just when you feel like Boston has control of the series, they blow a game that everybody thinks they're going to win. And just when you think the opponent, whether it's Miami or Milwaukee or Golden State, you know, has a leg up, then Boston finds a way to storm back. And, and really, game five was the first time throughout these entire playoffs that Boston has failed to do that. Their first loss coming off of a loss. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think coming home for game six, that's huge. I think it would be a lot different. We feel... I think we feel a lot differently about this game if, it, if the tables were turned and they had to go play on the road in a must-win game six. But, yeah, I think Jason Tatum has that game in him. You know, he, he didn't play all that well to begin the Milwaukee series, and then all of a sudden he has that 46-point game, you know, to keep them alive and arguably the best individual game of his life. So he, he has that in him. Um, but obviously I think the key for Boston, if, if you're saying, you know, which, which one would you rather have or which is more likely, you know, I, I think you'd obviously rather have it be a situation where Tatum scores 25, Brown scores 25, you know, maybe Smart or Horford has a big game. You know, when they're more balanced, they're obviously a lot more difficult to beat. We're speaking with Nick Whalen, NBA editor over at RotoWire there. The Warriors have been there. They've done that. This is the first time this Boston group has faced elimination-type pressure in the NBA Finals with this group. Any concern with the lack of experience maybe being something that holds this Celtics team back even though they're going home for this Game 6 tomorrow night? You know, a little bit, and, and that's something that I thought would be maybe a bigger factor in this series to, to begin the finals. And then, of course, Boston comes out and wins game one at Golden State. And, you know, in my mind, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe that narrative is dead. But I think as this series goes along, you know, it's not even necessarily Boston's inexperience, but it's more so Golden State's experience, excuse me, on, on this level. You know, the, the, the Curry, Thompson, Green, Core, Iguodala, you could throw him in there, too, if you want having been in these situations so many times, um, you know, they didn't face a ton of adversity in a handful of those finals, you know, when they had Kevin Durant and, and things were, were kind of smooth sailing. But, um, you know, we saw Golden State bounce back in what really felt like a must-win game four for them. And then, you know, we saw a, a completely different version of the Warriors in game five, where, you know, after game four, everybody's thinking, man, if the Warriors are going to win the series, Steph Curry has to put this team on his back. Something he hasn't really been asked to do all that often in the playoffs and then he comes out and has a terrible game five and it's Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson and Kevon Looney uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, both of these teams seem to have so many different versions of themselves and 
game to game. It's it's just so hard to predict which version we're going to get. Nick, and that leads me to my, my next question, because a lot of bettors, look, when they do zigzag, and we know zigzag's about 50% of the time, so you're not exactly winning money if you're zigzagging point spread or total or something like that. But one of the things we've seen is a little bit of zigzag with the player props. Of course, Steph Curry last Friday, great performance, one of his great playoff performances of his career, 43 points, and then all of a sudden he gets price of the moon. Now, I don't think any of us expected 7 of 22 from the floor, 0 of 9 from 3. Hadn't had not had a game where he didn't hit a three since I think of November eighth of nineteen or two thousand eighteen. I said nineteen. It seems <laughs> it like it was. It, 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 it seemed <laughs> like it was that yeah. far away. But what we saw last time out in Game Five, it was the big game finally for Andrew Wiggins, and he's been very consistent. His points and rebounds have been like twenty two and a half, I think, priced uh, for for these games. And then Wiggins finally had a really big game in this series, Game Five. What would you expect here in game six? Because it would seem to me maybe now Wiggins priced to the moon off that great game. Maybe you can look under his props. And then do we get game six clay? Because game six clay has been an absolute thing for the Warriors dating back several years for their championship runs. I I sure hope we get game six clay because that is one of my ultimate favorite players to watch in the league when he's in those zones. Um, and I, I, th- I think we're going to get, you know, I, I don't know, you know, we're not going to necessarily get 11 threes out of clay or, or anything like that, or, you know, 50 points through three quarters, but he's going to be locked in. I, I think, you know, he has a history of performing in these type of situations, closeout situations. Uh, so I, I do think we get a, a really solid game, you know, four or five, maybe even six threes from Clay Thompson. He already has a game in these playoffs where he's put up eight three pointers in a closeout game, you know, on the Andrew Wiggins front, I, I kind of tend to agree with you where, you know, he's had two straight games now where he's had these huge, you know, rebounding totals, pretty big point totals, nothing crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to imagine if you're the Boston Celtics, obviously the coaching staff was at the game. They're going to watch the film and they're going to say, look, we can't let Andrew Wiggins be Andre Drummond here and be bringing down 15 boards a game. Um, so, you know, I, w- I would approach, you know, the Andrew Wiggins, like rebounding props, points and rebounding props with a little bit of caution because, you know, for as great as he's been these last two games, it's just, it's just not the player that he's been, right? Throughout his entire career, he is not a... 14 rebounds a game type of guy. So, um, you know, I'm seeing at the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, his, his rebounding prop is, is down at seven and a half, which feels low, but you're also getting only minus 140 if you want to take the over on that number. So to me, not a ton of value there. Nick, three of the five games have gone to the under so far in these NBA finals. The total sitting at 210 at DraftKings right now. Do you see this being another defensive, slower-tempoed game or maybe a contrarian over perhaps in game six? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, I've, I've kind of been playing, playing catch up on these totals from game to game. Um, you know, if you think the Warriors are going to win, I, I think you should probably bet the under because Boston has been under 100 points even in all three of their losses so far in this series. You know, they've all kind of been similar uh, in some ways. I tend to think, you know, as the final series goes on, I, I usually like the under and that number has dropped a little bit. I think it's down a half a point just in the last few hours, but I think, you know, the teams are playing each other for the sixth time in the last two weeks. You know, things are going to tighten up. Rotations are tightening up. You know, the Stephen Curry hitting six threes in the first quarter of game one because the Celtics are just having defensive miscues. Like, that's not going to continue as the series goes along. And, you know, a lot of the little things that, that teams clean up from game one to game two, game two to game three, when you get to game six and game seven, you know, I always think back to that Cavs-Warriors 2016 mm. uh, game seven, you know, where it felt like nobody could score for the final four minutes until that Kyrie shot every possession just becomes so magnified. Uh, you know, teams tighten up. We saw Boston have 18 turnovers in the last game. And even with that, you know, Boston only got to 94 points. 
it felt like Golden State played really well in Game 5, other than Steph Curry, and they only got to 104. You know, So even in these games where it feels like things are clicking for a certain team, we haven't seen these massive point totals that really push these overs. Nick, we got about 40 seconds left. Who wins tomorrow night and who wins the series? I think the Celtics win tomorrow night. I, I think they, they hold court at home. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of, again, with the exception of Game 5, they've always found a way to win in these situations. But Golden State coming home for a Game 7. Uh, obviously, they have a history uh, with this type of game, as we just referenced in 2016. I think they get it done at home in Game 7. I think we see Boston force the Game 7, but I think we see Golden State win it on Sunday night. Yeah, we're all rooting from a Game 7 from a content standpoint here. That would be quite the day with the U.S. Open and a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. He is Nick Whalen, NBA editor over at Roto-Wire. Nick, thanks for joining us this evening, and all the best going forward, bud. Hey, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, that would be quite the Sunday there. But yeah. I thought he made it brought a good point up with the, with the total there. Like, what, mm-hmm. we were talking about possibly an over, but, I mean, the possessions are going to get tighter and tighter, especially if we get to yeah. a Game 7. Yeah, and to his point, though, I think if you like Boston, I do think that they're the better overall offensive team in terms mm-hmm. of balance. So I think if you like the over, you're probably going to correlate that more often than not with the Celtics. Yeah, it's very, very going to be good stuff. It'll be tomorrow night. We'll be back here tomorrow night. We'll be sweating out that game here. No bets for me so far, but we'll see. A lot of time between now and tip-off. On the other side, let's talk some player props with the NBA Finals next year on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game over at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We just had Nick Whalen, NBA editor of Roto-Wire, on in the last segment talking all things NBA Finals. But let's focus in on the player props for tomorrow night, game number six in Boston. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. And as the Celtics try to stave off elimination for a third time this postseason, the Boston Celtics battle tested, or maybe they just play with their food and put themselves in these bad <laughs> situations. I digress, though. But looking at some of these props, Jason Tatum, I started off asking Nick about Jason Tatum because to me, he the counting numbers have been okay, but from an efficiency standpoint, he has not played anywhere close to first team all NBA, which he was this season here. His prop over at DraftKings is sitting at 27.5, minus 115 each way. 7.5 for the rebound, 6.5 for the assist. It feels like Tatum's got to come up big if they're to force a Game 7, Wes. You would certainly think so. Now, the shooting percentage hasn't been very good. I think he's like 38 of 92 in five games, so obviously well under 50%. But part of that is because of the way Golden State has defended him. Number one, Andrew Wiggins has been, done a very good job. We talk about his yes. points and his rebounds in that big game he had in Game 5. But his defense has really been good, and I think the way – Steve Kerr and company have tried to game plan for him. You see Tatum, like every time he drives to the basket, he's got at least two guys on him and sometimes three. But to Nick Whalen's point, who was our guest in the last segment, he's just not finishing at the rim right now. And the fact that Golden State, if you look, uh, I mean, Kevin Looney is not really necessarily a rim protector. And then remember when they made that adjustment when they started Otto Porter instead so Draymond essentially is your last line of defense at the rim, and he's not known really as much of a shot blocker. So the fact that Tatum isn't finishing at the rim, you got to think maybe that there's going to be one game, but I don't know if I'm going to get involved in this props. I think they're kind of priced pretty accurately. But on the Boston side, if I was looking at somebody, I would be looking to play overs on Marcus Smart because if you look, he's averaging in, in his prop for his points prop, I believe 16 and a half points a game. That's right at his average here in the finals at 16.4. Consider the fact that he scored two points in game two, had a real dud of a game, averaging 20 points a game in the other four with at least 18 in all four of them. So, you know, Smart is going to be a guy I think that's going to play aggressively tomorrow in an elimination game. Uh, In the past five Warriors games before these finals, he was averaging 18.2 points a game, 3.8 made threes a game. So, you know, this is a guy that I think can maybe be the guy that steps up. If you don't get that really massive game out of Jason Tatum, that means somebody's got to go a little bit above his pay grade. Uh, so I think that could be Marcus Smart in the six playoff games after a loss that the Celts have had this postseason, averaging just under 22 a game. And Smart really feeds off of that crowd. Mm-hmm. Out there in Boston, mm-hmm. like because he's the fan because favorite. he's the Draymond, he's yes. the agitator. <laughs> he so the so agitator. so he, so he's their guy. So I think if he gets going, look, uh, if he gets a couple shots going too very early, and I mean he's no different than anybody else in this regard. He gets a couple shots going early. You're going to see him be super aggressive. He already is on defense, but you're going to see him going for steals diving on the floor, doing everything he can. So if I'm looking at overs on the props, I may be on Marcus Smart in terms of his points over. I think, uh, what is that right now, 16.5 at DraftKings. You might be able to find 15.5 in some other markets, but wouldn't be surprised to see him have at least a 20-point night tomorrow.
What about somebody like a Robert Williams, the Time Lord, who mm-hmm. I think probably should have been Defensive Player of the Year. He's their most valuable defender um, when you watch the games. I think the metrics also say that as well, even though Smart was terrific as a perimeter defender there. Right. Um, the, Robert Williams' rebounds prop, sitting at 8.5 over at DraftKings, he has given the Warriors bigs a lot of problems, especially mm-hmm. on the glass. It's mm-hmm. almost like there's this now battle between Robert Williams and Andrew Wiggins for rebounds there. Now, yes. Looney has played more minutes, or that's helped a little bit there. But still, Williams is more athletic than anybody that size that the Warriors have. Do you buy into maybe Robert Williams over a nine and a half? He's been around that number there, eight, seven yeah. or so in the series there. But maybe another big board game for uh, for the time lord. Certainly lean that way. And I remember, I, I think, what was this? What was this prop in game number four? I think it was around eight and a half maybe or somewhere around there. And I think he got it in the first half. He ended up with 12 rebounds. Now, the thing about Robert Williams, the time lord, as you mentioned, He's not fully healthy. Yeah. He's obviously not playing at 100% in this series. But, you know, this is the NBA Finals. you got to kind of gut it out. Only had eight in game five. Did have ten points, though. But, yeah, somebody's got to be able to rebound for this team. We know that the Celtics are undersized. That's why I always laugh when people are like, oh, the Celtics are going to go small. They already are small. <laughs> now, Daniel Tice is their only big guy, and he's not seeing the floor anytime soon. So, you know, it's got to be somebody that's going to grab those rebounds. I think it was a kind of a by committee last time out. Tatum had 10, Horford had 9, Brown had 9, Williams had 8. But I would certainly lean. I don't know if I'm going to bet that, but I would lean with the over yeah. on Robert Williams' rebound. Yeah, he had 10 rebounds in Game 3, 12 in Game 4, and then he had 8 rebounds in game number five, but the minutes, I think, is the big thing mm-hmm. because, I mean, game two only played 14 minutes. Yes. That game got out of hand, yes. so they just wanted to rest him there, but he's been 26 minutes in game three, 31 minutes in game four, 30 minutes in game five. Maybe the extra rest there gives them, because they played Monday yeah. night, now not No, I think Thursday. that certainly, that has, that certainly has to be beneficial because, remember, he actually did that where he had those rebounds, where he got that rebound prop in the first half and had 12 in game four. That was the one game where there was only one night in between because they had a Wednesday night for game uh, three, and then uh, for game four it was on Friday night. So I think the extra day of rest can do nothing but help yeah. Robert Williams. And the fact that it's an elimination game as well. I mean, like, what are you saving him for mm-hmm. if, if you're in trouble? Yeah, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> there's no load management here when you're facing elimination 48 minutes away. On the Warriors side, I want to look at their props because Steph Curry, we talked about Steph with Nick there, um, and Steph had a bad shooting night, to say the least, Mm -hmm. in game number five. Warriors still somehow able to win that game there. Boston, if they lose the series, they're going to be absolutely kicking themselves over game five. But his points prop right now, 28.5 over at DraftKings after being about 31.5, 30.5. I mean, to me, it feels like I'm probably looking at the over here because Steph is going to be in that mode of, Let's close this thing out right. in Boston. I know the Celtics are going to try to yeah. make the other guys beat him, but he's not going to go 0 for 9 from 3 again. You wouldn't think so. I mean, I would lean that way. I'm probably going to stay away a little bit from the stuff props because I think they're mm. priced about right. I think, what was he, like 30 and a half for points, so obviously a drop-off from what we saw in game number 5, 28 and a half. But the two players I'm going to talk about, and one that we address with Nick Whalen, is the Andrew Wiggins. And look, I've cashed pretty much every ticket except for game two when it was a blowout and he didn't see the floor in the fourth quarter. I've cashed Andrew Wiggins points and rebounds every single time out. But now you're about to start see it uh, priced high. What is it? 28 and a half PRA. So probably you're going to say 27 and a half because these have been, I think like 22 and a half pretty much points and rebounds throughout. And he's just shattered it last time. Like the first couple times he barely went over. It was like, I think 24, 25 combined, but 
after that game, everybody now, and, and I saw you mention this on uh, the Twitter machine, at Femi Abebefe on Twitter. There you go. And you said, everybody, because I we started to see the mainstream media kind of say, what about Andrew Wiggins for MVP? Yeah, what about Andrew Wiggins? Stop it, please. Why Why don't you just hand me your money and let me kick you yeah. in the you-know-whats? Yeah, I'll okay? give you 100 to 1 on Wiggins. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to be Andrew Wiggins. It's go- It's going to be Steph Curry here. I know he had a bad game, but... What have we heard over the years about Steph Curry? Man, he just never really carries him in the finals because it was always Durant or the one year it was Iggy <laughs> that won. So, so this is like time. And look, this is voted by by the press corps and the media that's covering the series. It's like a lifetime achievement award. It was like when uh, my guy Peyton Manning won the MVP in the Super Bowl, and he really he kind of had a yeah. pedestrian game. Should have went to Dominic, Dominic Rhodes, Rhodes but say. it went to Peyton Manning. So sometimes it's a lifetime achievement award. But back to the props here. I do like Wiggins a little bit on his unders, and uh, maybe I got to do a little more digging, so I don't want to commit to it. Maybe we do get game six play one more time. Are you you buying into it? I might be. Uh, As Mama called him Clay, I'm going to call him (laughs) Clay. So uh, I might call him uh, betting the overs here because I think he was very good. He was actually very efficient in in game number five. Uh, Now, he did play 40 minutes because remember, I think it was uh, in that blowout when Steve Kerr kind of force-fed, when they were blowing him out, he's like, I got to get Clay going, even though it's in garbage time. And and he just hadn't been able to get it going. And then all of a sudden, they went on the road, and he had a huge game in game three, even though they lost. So lean on the over Clay props. Probably uh, would look at the points, rebounds, and assists combined. Draymond Green, his points prop is at 7.5 over at DraftKings. Over or under seven and a half expletive Draymond Green chance tomorrow night? No, we're going way over. That should be about 12 and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can we book that action? Maybe we'll ask Chris Andrews at the South Point yes. if they're hanging that number up there for the Draymond Green expletive chance. On the other side, Chris Andrews will join us to start hour number three here on Visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 